0: Live from Baltimore, Maryland, the Breath of Life Ministries presents Experience the Power. When God gets ready, He can deliver you. If you call on Him, if you trust in Him, be worthy of the praise. Ooh, oh, oh, oh. Is You're supposed to be down flat on your face, but the power of God will lift you up. And now let's go live to the Miracle Temple Worship Center where our service is in progress. Uh, it's good to have everybody here. I've got something to preach tonight that I kinda like. i got two experience the power moments in it. So what do you say we get to it? All right. let's, let's start with a text from the Bible that probably everybody knows. Romans chapter 6 and it's verse 23. I think most of you know it. Uh, you brought your Bibles tonight. I hope you brought your Bible in our locations all around the world Uh, I'm sure somebody's reading from a Bible that I can't read but as long as you can read it we're in great shape so uh, Romans chapter 6 here's the one that you can you know why don't you do it show off a little bit sit back act like you don't even need to look at your Bible well you better check it before you start and just kinda quote it you know then everybody will know that you are very religious (laughs) it'll be a wonderful experience here's what the bible says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord let's bow together as we pray father in heaven tonight we ask for your presence some of us have come tonight not even professing to be religious or good we just want to know what you have to say to us tonight there's somebody who came tonight who really felt strange about it and maybe even now thinks that they might be in the wrong place but convince them now that they're exactly where you wanted them to be and i pray father that for every one of us who opens the Bible tonight or even for those of us who can't find it in the Bible but we're listening to your voice we pray that you'll make a change for us in the name of Jesus Amen so tonight it's amazing disgrace I love to preach about grace Uh, in fact if I wanted everybody to love me I would only preach about grace I've discovered that people love for you to preach about grace because some folks think that because of grace I can kind of do anything I want to do cause I'm covered by grace do you have the feeling that I'm gonna pop that bubble tonight <laughs> well I'm not gonna pop it I'm gonna take you to some texts in the Bible that are gonna show you that God does not intend that people misuse grace. Grace is powerful. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, if you go verses 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul talks about a different meaning of grace. Uh, when that word is used by Paul and by Luke, it, it means the love of God with its sleeves rolled up. It means Jesus' love coming after you. I don't know about you, but i did not chase god i wish i could tell you that i was so so inclined to christ that i ran after him i did not i was in a church running away in my mind but i'm glad that grace could catch me even as i ran inside my mind because you can run but you can't hide from the grace of god well, that's a meaning that I wish I had time to preach about. I'm going to preach about another shade of it and here it comes. We have read the most important text that, it's, that we need. It says that the wages of sin is death. There are people who know that if you want to be a successful television preacher, I do not like the term television evangelist. If you ever want to be my friend, do not come up to me and say, Oh, you're a television evangelist. Or don't hyphenate it. Don't cut it up. There's that new little word, televangelist. Because you remember, that word had a little problem a few years ago. So I'd rather you just call me Walter. Call me anything, but that word right there has got a little little something on it, and I'd just as soon not use it. But if you want to be successful on television, you must always talk about positive things. I must always tell you how wonderful you are. I must always tell you that no matter what you do you're going to end up in heaven well there are some people that i hope never make it because if they get in heaven won't be heaven i don't know who you are you know who you are but before you get to heaven you've got to be changed by grace the bible says the wages of sin is death I should never use the term if I want you to be my friend, but let me tell you a little secret. If I got a choice between making Jesus happy and making you happy, I'll take Jesus. You can be mad because Jesus can protect me from mad people. (laughs) So I'm going to tell it just like it is. This wonderful text has a top and a bottom that don't seem to match, but they balance the wages of sin is death but it's a disjunctive conjunction it tears apart two things that balance each other but don't say the same, same thing it says the, the, the gift of God through Jesus Christ the gift is that wonderful savior so while sin brings death Jesus brings eternal life and I'm real happy about that what do you say uh, go with me to psalm, well psalm 111 and i'll show you that god appeared to have a problem psalm 111 and uh, if you can't find them quickly write them down i want you to check me Uh, sometimes people say let me look it up don't you look it up look it up go home and find out what i read and was it on target psalm 111 verses 7 and 8 and here's what it says the works of his hands are verity and judgment all his commandments are sure they stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness so any commandment of god stands forever and it's done in truth and uprightness so here is the problem Uh, well I'm supposed to say you know I've been around those folk who don't like to use the word problem they say always say here's the challenge so here's the challenge God has got a law that's perfect you heard us read it the other night from the Bible it says it's a perfect law of Liberty but the law says if you sin you gotta die God loves us so much that he is not pleased with the thought of losing one of us god is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance if god didn't care about us this would be easy all he would have to do is give us the first part of romans 6 23 the wages of sin is death and we're all gone huh? and I know some of you think that you know people that you would like to be gone in a bzz. problem is everybody who sinned would be bzz. and that could include you in fact I hate to tell you but it would include all of us the only perfect servant that God ever had was Jesus all the rest of us are imperfect people Hmm. oh I saw one lady look, look so sad when I said that I think she must have thought when she came tonight that she was sitting in the perfect section but (laughs) all have sinned and come short of the glory of God so that every one of us deserves death God has a challenge because the law says you gotta die the law can't be changed what if God took back the law what if God said I was wrong then everything goes helter skelter God cannot be wrong if god is ambivalent or if god isn't sure where are we we already got enough problems with things that are not sure i will not touch politics during this whole month but i'll tell you this when you think of the whole scheme of things we live in a world that is unsure it's difficult to be sure the one thing you depend on is that this book is sure that the commandments of God are sure that his hands have done them in truth and verity that they last forever so the question is if you've got these people who are not perfect and they have broken your law they have sinned and the law says they must die then how do you keep them and keep your law at the same time challenge that I couldn't deal with but God can so I go to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 simple text I won't be able to look up all of these but I enjoy doing it my Bible has gotten dry and it's ready it's falling in the places now That's why I love this ragged Bible so don't talk about it it's an experienced book if you've got one of those new Bibles with all the expensive paper you can barely find a text because the more expensive the Bible the more sticky the pages so if you've got that real great stuff, you got to just... <laughs> this Bible is good. It just opens where I need it to open most of the time. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Forgive me, I get excited when I say the name Jesus. I have prayed prayers around the world for old people and children and said the name Jesus and I've seen people experience miracles of healing just with the mention of his name I was on an airplane one night and the engine started sounding funny I have never been in a plane crash and by the grace of God I hope never to be in one I thought this might be the time and I was sitting there in fact a little lady had got on the plane who didn't want to sit next to me she was drawing as far as she could away from me in her seat And then somebody mentioned to them, uh, in her presence, that I was a pastor. And when the engine started sounding funny, she leaned back towards me. (laughs) When I prayed and said the name Jesus, it doesn't happen this way all the time, but it just happens that on that trip, the name Jesus was enough to make the plane sound right again. well if you don't believe it don't try it that's how my Jesus works and the little lady was a friend of mine for the rest of the trip we had one (laughs) so look it says she shall break forth a son thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins here is the beginning of it Jesus came to save us from our sins He did not come just to die on calvary or oh, he paid the price on calvary but he also lived a life before he went to calvary jesus came with a specific purpose it was to save me and and let me tell you if i had been the only one or if you had been the only one jesus would have come to save you from your sin if you believe it can i hear you say amen now I get to a text. Go to Ephesians. I hope you can find that. If you haven't found, hey, you, did you find Romans the other night? If you did, hope you stuck something in there and you can go to Romans and go slowly forward. Don't let anybody see you doing it. They will think you don't know what you're doing. But go to Ephesians and let's get to chapter 2 and start with verse 8. I'll read you a wonderful text of scripture that some people misunderstand and this is going to be our first experience the power moment for tonight. I've got one that is so beautiful. I, I hope the Lord helps my tongue say it right. Then I've got another one where he kinda shows his power. I got two tonight. Here's this one. This is Ephesians chapter two, starting with verse eight. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now a lot of people have taken the first part of this text, verse 8, and they say, that's all you need. For by grace are you saved. It is not of your own works. You are saved through faith. And that's true. And if you stop there, I think you miss something because some people have taken this text to mean that because of grace I can do anything I want to do if I do it in the name of Jesus and under the umbrella of grace but the text goes on it says in verse 9 something very important it's not of works because we got a slippery slope among religious people there are some people who think that they can save themselves You can tell them when you see them walking. They are bearing the world on their shoulders. Have you seen them? It's easy to pick them out. They walk around, they're they're in Christ, but it's an awful experience. they're working on it. And they're gonna do it some kind of way. They're gonna, by sacrifice, they're gonna keep the rules and you can tell they never get happy they gotta check the rule book let me see am I doing it Uh, not of works you can't work your way into the kingdom of heaven because all of my righteousnesses are like filthy rags so if I did if I obeyed all the little teeny weeny rules I still wouldn't be good enough for heaven but verse 10 is important it says for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them now I went and dug on this one and let me tell you what I found so get ready for your moment we are his workmanship we are his work we are his creation but in the original language it's the same word from whence we get poem we are his poem (laughs) well if you can't get excited keep it to yourself (laughs) once jesus has found me by his grace once he has pardoned me by his blood he does not leave me alone but he takes the language that used to be me and rearranges it so there's rhyme and rhythm in it so i may be the same language but a poet has gotten hold of it so he takes who i used to be and rewrites it in fact one scholar says we are his recreation. We are remade by the power of Jesus so that now we are beautiful, not because of ourselves, but because a master poet has taken the words that used to make up our lives and has rewritten it into poetry. So when you read it, it's beautiful coming across your tongue. And then when you become poetry, Anybody can read you, and you sound different. So I'm not new words. I'm new connections. I'm new sequence. I'm beautiful now. In fact when you go to Matthew chapter 5 you read over there nobody takes a lamp and hides it under a bushel basket but you put it up so that everybody can see it and it ends like this let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven because you didn't make poetry out of yourself it was God through Christ who made poetry out of you so if if you see anything good in me if, if you see anything worth reading in me it's not me who you read it's the rearrangement of the words that Jesus has done he took my cluttered words and rewrote so, that now I am that, what, right. so what I'm telling you is this that when Jesus has touched you your job is not to do good works you are not under a command to good, do good works you just do the good works that's my experience the power moment that's that's the first one so after christ has rewritten me i am now like a light and do you notice the bible does not say matthew 5 14 or 15 or 16 the Bible does not say make your light so shine before me do you know Christians who are making their light shine hi hi yeah. Uh, how you doing I, I'm, I'm a Christian yeah and you're scaring me if you got a light you don't have to make it shine the light shines Ah, And the darker it gets, the more I can see it. So you don't have to come up and shock me. Just go ahead and be what God made you. Just be poetry. And I'll enjoy reading you. Amen. So you don't hide your light. But you don't make your light. This is not a job I got to do. All I got to do is just be who Jesus makes me. He made me light and he made me poetry well if I wanted to go too far I'd say he made the light to shine on my poetry but then (laughs) some people would think that was a bit much I want to tell you that the moment that I love first in this sermon tonight is that by grace I am saved but that does not mean that I continue to do what I used to do I worked for a while in fact I could well I don't have my my badge in my pocket tonight but I work with two law enforcement agencies and I they make you when you're a chaplain you have to do a ride-along now you know there are some people who think after watching television I would love to ride with the police we <laughs> tell you something Better be careful about that little wish I would ride with them and somebody would see the car and take a shot at it see you never knew unless you got close to those guys that a bullet makes a noise when it misses you so that means I got some true gangbangers in here tonight cuz somebody act like they knew if a bullet misses you it, first time it happened I said hey hey hey, hey. <laughs> what was that? I said oh you're a preacher you don't know That that was a bullet that missed. Every time you hear that sound, you ought to praise your God. (laughs) That was one that didn't hit. And I started doing that. And I started praying not only that it would not hit, but I prayed, Lord, don't let them shoot. (laughs) Not when I'm riding. (laughs) But, But I'm trying to show you this, that we are his workmanship. It is not a job to do what God says. It is not a job. I I, I wanted to tell you about that experience of riding with those officers because I learned that we must have a protection that changes. And it got to the place where the officers would ask for Walter. And I'd say, why me? Because, you know, I'd I'd already had my ride. I said, because we think you have the kind of faith that works, but it doesn't get on our nerves. I'll leave it alone. If you don't need it, just leave it right there. Here's where my text is going. Let me take you to Revelation chapter 22 because I want to show you something. Uh, I think the other night we tried to show that the law has not been done away with. I'm watching my time, but I, I got some stuff I want to share with you. Because the fact is that, well, isn't it wonderful when you come here, you know you're going to get out on time? Isn't it amazing? You don't ever have to worry. You don't have to tell me anything. i got that big thing right there telling me what's going on. I want to show you Revelation chapter 22. Incidentally there's some people say well yeah the law, well, it did exist, but it existed in the Old Testament. So guess where I'm taking you? To the New Testament. Revelation, the last chapter of Revelation. Revelation chapter 22. Look what verse 14 says blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city so in the last book and the last chapter of that book the Bible says you are blessed if you keep his commandments you'll have a right not a right you've earned but a right by grace through Christ to enter into the through the gates into the city the last verse says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all that's the mechanism and now we go to look at that mechanism first of all you must know John chapter 1 and verse 29 I've got to stop looking every one of them up now because I've got to move it says behold well I gotta read this one John chapter 1 I'll have to catch it up I'll make it up somewhere John chapter 1 and look at verse 29 And I'll have to tell you this fast, but here's what it says. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. One scholar that I read, one textual critic says, Who keeps on taking away the sin of the world. Can you imagine John the Baptist was preaching, and every day he would see people whose faces told their sin. I must tell you tonight that your face will tell on you. Your face will tell where you hang out. If you hang out with the devil he will fix your face. he do a little modified makeover on you. I know you don't realize it. You know, you look in the mirror you don't see it. But the devil says, oh you are gonna hang out with me? Let me just do this. Ooh. Now wherever you go people know you and I are friends. <laughs> you, you can't fake that one. So you can quote all kinds of holy little words, but if you've been hanging out with the devil, he has just said, let me just fix your nose a little bit. Hey, let, me, let me play with your eyes. I like eyes. Windows of the soul. Let me just play with your eyes. And then when you go out, you'll notice people kind of, hey, how you doing? You know, you saying praise the Lord, but your eyes say you've been somewhere else. John looks out in the crowd and sees somebody coming whose face has no guile. And when he looks at Jesus, it is as though his countenance is aglow. And he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God sent Jesus to take away the sin of the world what i want to say to you is that while jesus came to take away the sin of the world he did not come to destroy the law to do it matthew chapter 5 start with verse 17 and here's what it says and if you've got a red letter bible this is in red so you know who's talking right think not that i am come to destroy the law or the prophets i am not come to destroy but to fulfill for verily i say unto you till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled verse nineteen whosoever therefore shall break one of the, these least commandments and shall teach men so he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven but whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven What Jesus says is this, I came to destroy sin, I came to subtract it from you, but I did not come to tear down the law to do it. Because my Father and the Holy Spirit and me came up with a plan from the foundation of the world. We found a way not to throw the law out and still to save all mankind so I have come to take away your sin but I didn't come to take away the law in fact I can show you uh... let me let me grab a couple of them I I finally got my time back now I know where I am do you know that if there is no law there would be no reason for Jesus to have died I, I can't find all these but let me quote first john chapter three And verse 4 says that sin is the transgression of the law. So if sin is the transgression of the law, if I subtract law, there can be no transgression. There can be no sin. Huh? Not finished. Romans chapter 4 and verse 15 says, where there's no law, there is no transgression so if the law had been done away with then there would be no more sin then Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 we just read it it says we are saved from sin by grace Romans chapter 3 and verse 24 says we are justified freely by His grace but then we get to 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 and if you go to verse 8 and verse 15 you will discover that the grace of God is made available through Christ and he is called in verse 15 God's unspeakable gift so listen to me this is Walmart reasoning perhaps but it works if there's no law there's no sin if there's no sin we need no grace if we need no grace we need no Savior if we need no Savior we don't need Jesus in our lives and in fact jesus might never have died because the only reason why he died was to be my unspeakable gift who takes away my sin by the shedding of his blood so so here is what you do if you throw away the law if you throw away the law you make jesus gift unnecessary you make jesus seem silly for what he did and i don't know about you but every time i think about what jesus did for me and when i think he would have done it only for me i take it personal i know that jesus loved me jesus loved me enough that we, he would have given that gift for me alone So it's not corporate with me. I don't preach a corporate forgiveness. I know people think you can duck in the right group, you know, get in with the right people and just kind of hang in there. And maybe while Jesus is saving, he'll scoop up a group. (laughs) So you might hang out with the other folks sometimes, but you always run back and, and hang out with the religious people. And listen to them and see what they say and watch them and see how they move. And when they get gigantic Bibles, and, you know, go get you one. Because you think you, if you're in the right group, you can be saved. But this is personal. Jesus' death does not apply to groups. It applies to individuals. And tonight I accept it personally. I don't thank God for everybody I praise him that he saves everybody but I thank him personally because his death saves me from my sin go to Romans chapter 6 I got our second experience the power moment Romans chapter 6 now the first experience the power moment I, I gotta tell you I got excited when I read that Jesus makes me poetry. <laughs> I kind of like that, you know? So that means I don't, it really doesn't matter what you think about my life. If Jesus has rewritten my life, I'm poetry. Just because you don't appreciate it does not reflect on me and my poet. It reflects on you and your appreciation. <laughs> This is Romans chapter 6, and I want you to go with me now to another kind of power moment. Romans chapter 6, and start with verse 1. It says, what shall we say then? Now, I'm, I'm at the moment of my title now, so you got to hear this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid! How shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in newness of life now let's get real here comes half of the power in this text should we continue in sin because we believe we've got grace the Apostle Paul says God forbid how can you say that you have been crucified with Christ we read it in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 how can you say that you have died this very verse says how can you say that you've been baptized with Christ into death and let me tell you what it means it means exactly what you suspect that when you die to self you die and the old person who was sinful is no longer there but by the same power that brought Jesus back to life and I I, I like to I like to pause there. I've got a friend who says that the angel who God sent to tell Jesus to come out of the tomb came so fast that when he reached the ionosphere he was moving with such speed that he began to cause friction that would have warmed the earth. And as he came into the stratosphere, into something that was more thick He would have burned part of the planet. But as he got into the atmosphere, he could not come too fast or he would have caused heat that would have been uncomfortable. So this preacher says, and I'm not angry with him because I kind of like it. He says the angel had to start backpedaling his wings. (laughs) To slow down so he wouldn't hurt the earth and then he landed in the right place and those soldiers fell back like dead men because they couldn't bear the presence of one holy angel and he did not say your father empowers you to come forth you must remember that Jesus lay his power down. He did not cease to be God when he became fully man so all he had to do was pick it. And he came forth from a tomb that had been touched by an angel so the stone rolled away do you see that so if you die to sin don't hang around like you used to be we have religious zombies we have people who are both living and dead make up your mind Are you going to die to self or are you going to cling to life? Are you going to become some kind of strange figure that they call a vampire? I'm afraid we got too many of those hanging around. Go ahead and die to sin because the same power that brought Jesus back will resurrect you to walk in newness of life. And I know people, I have met people who before they met Christ couldn't stop things. They were caught in habits. But when Jesus came in, the habit was gone. I, I met a man who had a habit that had held him down for 25 years of his 30 years of life and when i met him and read from the bible he said you're talking to the wrong man i cannot change most of my life when i was five years old i began in a habit pattern that cannot be changed and i read to him that you can die in christ so that you can just die with your habit leave it in the grave drop it when you die and come forth a new creature the bible says here to walk in newness life, Well, i got to get to the next one. Look at verse 12. I've lost Romans 6. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it and the lust thereof. Neither yield yourselves members, your members, forgive me, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Can I call this my second experience the power moment? Don't tell me that sin is so powerful that you've got to sin. I've heard people say it. I can't stop. Well the reason why you can't stop because it's you still alive. Die with Christ
1: and let him resurrect
0: you by his power so that you walk in newness of life this one says it for sin shall not have dominion over you for ye are not under the law but under grace now I know folk who stop there but look at this next verse what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace God forbid so let me say to you what my title represented to claim that grace has come into your life and keep living like you always did is a disgrace and I'll tell you why it's a disgrace because what we tell people is that Christians are fake Hmm? now listen God knows that we are not perfect he understands that In fact, he says, I will live my life in you. I've I've got an example and some of you are not ready for it and, and yet listen to it and check it according to the word of God. I believe that Jesus opens my personal file. Takes his mouse and highlights my life all the way from my birth down to where I am now and he can't find enough in there to get me into heaven because all of my righteousnesses even my best day was like filthy rags. so when he has highlighted everything he hits delete yes. but, but he can't let me live empty so he goes over to his file opens up the Jesus file and he highlights all the way from born in Bethlehem down through his years on earth and goes all the way through the trials and the triumphs goes even to Gethsemane in fact he goes to the cross a place I will never have to go but when he gets there he runs into a fountain filled with blood drawn from his own veins and after he has highlighted all of that he hits copy and he goes back over to my empty file and you know what he does don't you paste My joy tonight is not that God threw the rule book out. It's that Jesus came and let the old Walter. In fact, you know, I I go back to my hometown. I was I was born in Mobile, Alabama. People in other countries will not understand when I say this. I jokingly say that's South America. Uh, (laughs) Somebody will have to explain who's from America. But When I go back, there are people who knew me when I was a kid. You know, I don't don't glorify and glamorize my life like some do. I I know friends who have never done anything all that great, but they always want to be the gang leader. I was never the gang leader. In fact, I've met some people who say they were gang leaders and they don't have a bullet wound or a knife wound. (laughs) You know, if you're the gang leader, I think you're going to bear some marks. I'm very suspicious of a a smooth-skinned gang leader. I was never a gang leader. I was... I was always kind of moving, you know, uh, get in the middle, you know, because if somebody were going to shoot, I'd like to have about three or four bodies between me and the bullet. But when I go back, there are people who remember that I was pretty devilish when I was a kid. In fact, I have some of the older people say, they tell me you're a preacher. Uh, Yes I am. You mean that same little rascal who used to be around here playing pranks. You are a preacher. I said, yeah, but I'm not the same. (laughs) I'm not him. Because that guy died. And this is a new creature. Well, I got to give you two texts. I'm going to give you two texts to close tonight. And here's what they'll say. One text will tell you how everybody else can know you are in Christ. And then I'm going to give you one that'll tell you how you'll know you're in Christ. (laughs) Interested? John chapter 13. (laughs) I know you like that one because you want everybody to think you're in Christ. John chapter 13 and verse 35. John chapter 13. I think you're going to be shocked. You've read this before, but you maybe didn't think about it like this. John chapter 13 verse 35 by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you have love one to another when the grace of jesus has touched your life you will love people even when they don't love you you will love the unlovable go to first john chapter 2 and start with verse 3. first john Chapter 2, and start with verse 3. 1 John 2, start with verse 3. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him tonight I've got something very simple to say to you it is possible to keep God's law but you can't do it and I can't do it but when I die to sin when I die with Christ and all of my natural tendencies are gone my will is changed My appetites are changed. My purposes are changed because I now live a new life because Jesus lives inside me. Then I am a new creature in him. So the fact is that I keep the commandments, but it's not me keeping the commandments. It's Jesus living inside of me, doing through me what I could never do by myself. Here's the question. Are you going to keep running your life or will you let Jesus do it? Until tomorrow night, may God hear you when you call. May God lift you if you fall. May God bless you as you stand. And may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Good night. God bless you. Walter Pearson believes that Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem you face.